Welcome to Life in Christ, a podcast of The Landing Church here in Duluth, Minnesota. My name is Brent Nelson. I'm one of the elders and one of the pastors here at The Landing. In this podcast today, we're going to talk about children in the worship service. With me today are two people who I love deeply, and they are going to help share this conversation. First, one of our founding elders. Did you ever think you'd be called a founding elder, Kevin? Kevin Johnson. Gotta you got to have a big beard for a founding elder. Working on it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Kevin Johnson, he is uh, not only a founding elder, but focusing on uh, the ministry over children and youth ministry as an elder. Thanks for your ministry, Kevin. Thanks for being in on this podcast conversation. God is good. Along with us is Susan Yort. We're glad to have you here, Susan, and glad to have yeah, you nice join in. Nice to be in. here. Uh, you are a deacon for children's ministry, and you do so many things well. You've raised a family and are enjoying the blessings of that, wife and mother, godly servant of the Lord. We thank the Lord for you and for your leadership and for your passion. Thanks for talking about children in worship with us. Glad to be here. Well, we've done a lot of thinking about this topic. In fact, it's a big part of who we are as a landing church. We love the idea of having children in worship. Not every church does it this way, and that's okay. But we have read through Scripture and thought through what's best for families to help not just grow children, but to grow children who are disciples of Christ. Uh, So when we come to the question of, do we have children sit in with us during the singing and sermon time of a worship service, or do we think of some other program that we would invite the children to do. What we've opted to do here at The Landing is say, let's have the children sit in with us at least from first grade on, or when they're able to begin to understand sentences and ideas and pick up words. We've said, children sit in with mom and dad and experience the beautiful image and vision and unified joy of a dad and a mom and children even down to that that very young first grade age, five years old, six years old or so. Uh, different churches pick a different age for that, and that's okay too. But we've just envisioned the the family together in worship. That certainly was my experience growing up in the church um, under my mom and dad. Uh, it might have been the experience of others, maybe not. Maybe others grew up when there was a lot of programming during the sermon time and the kids went elsewhere. We certainly believe in children having developmentally focused teaching. We've got great Sunday school. We use Truth 78. We like that. Uh, And we've also got other programs like Wednesday Evening Kids Club and Vacation Bible School and lots of other things that aim the good news of God's love in the gospel to children at various age groups. When, Kevin, you think about children in worship, what's a driving force for you? What excites you about children in worship? Well, I was just talking about this the other day, and you know, when I I talk to my kids, and I've, my kids are much older now, except for one. Uh, when I think my youngest one is, we've been talking about, well, why can't I stay up late on Saturday night? I said, you know, my son, I'm not going to use his name here, but um, it just you know, Sunday is the Lord's day. It's the greatest day of the week. It's the first day of the week, and it's the first day of the week because it's the best day of the week. And so we want to give our level best to God because He is worth more than we can give. So as men as much as we can prepare ourselves to worship Him uh, with our very best, that's that's what we want to do. And yeah. so, um, it, like you said, I mean, even since its inception of the landing, uh, kids have been worshiping with us on Sundays, 
And we're just thrilled to have them with us, to enjoy the Lord, to see Him high and lifted up as we sing, as we pray, as we read the Word. Uh, it is a joy to have them with us. And not always easy, but it is a joy. Yeah, it's not always easy. We, we, we gladly admit that. I'm sure that would be your experience too, Susan. You're not only deacon of children's ministry, but you are wife to one of our elders, Conrad, and a mom. What, what excites you about the thought of your kids in worship all the way through the sermon time? Yeah, I just think um, it is so exciting to be sitting in a worship service together with your family and not having kids off somewhere else. Um, they see you sing. They see you take communion. They see you listen, maybe take notes at the sermon. They see you, what you get excited about. They're hearing the scripture read over them uh, or read to the congregation. And it's just very neat to see that they're in there learning um what they can learn out of it at that age, and also learning to sit quietly for a little while. That's part of what they're learning as they grow up, and I just think it's very honoring to God to have them in there doing that at the same time as yeah. you. Yeah, so good. Well, when you look at the scriptures, I have a couple of scriptures in mind, and maybe you guys have ones that come to your mind as well. Love to hear them. The first one that I want to read just a verse of is Deuteronomy 31. Moses is giving instruction to all the people of Israel and he's instructing them on the future, how to observe the festival of booths specifically. And in chapter 31, verse 12, he says, Assemble the people, men and women, and little ones. In Hebrew, it's taf, the children. Assemble the little ones and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all the words of this law and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. So the vision there is all of Israel. This is, this is really a prototype worship service. It's a festival. So it's a prototype of what we're doing right now, Sundays, uh, as a gathered faith family at the landing. Everybody's gathered together, the children included, and it's embedding in them a generational love for the Word of God. It's helping them not come to their 18th birthday and graduation and say, man, I'm so done with this, I want to get out of here. God says, pour this passion for the Word of God, the power of the Word of God into your children so that ultimately it's something they pass on to their children. Another passage very, very similar to Deuteronomy 31 is Nehemiah 8. Although it doesn't use the word children, it, it uses another idea that helps us get at our vision for children under the word together with their parents. In Nehemiah chapter 8, they're celebrating with joy and with laughter, and it says, gather together to celebrate the same feast of booths with all those who understand. So Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. So there's the idea that you're talking about those who can pick out words, those who are beginning to learn. That's why we often think about first graders, because we send them off to various educational uh, experiences as, as graduate kindergartners into first grade. We do the same here at the landing to say, now they're able to understand. Now they're able to kind of pull out a word holy, or I can pull out the word um, love, or I can pull out the word salvation or something. I can remember when Ben was about six or seven years old, I can remember having conversations with him and my wife, Kath, 
when Ben was just a little first grader, about words like that. He would he would ask about or sing about uh, holy. He used to love to sing songs that had the word holy in it. And uh, he would say his favorite song was Amazing Grace or other songs like that. And we would talk about those as a family. And it was in part because he was sitting right through the whole service. So those two passages, Nehemiah 8 and Deuteronomy 31, are weighty for me to think about a vision of a family gathered with children as as young as first graders in the worship service all the way through the preaching of the word. Kevin, what what scriptures might come to your mind when you think about adding to those Old Testament ones? Yeah, if you're looking at the New Testament, you see a number of examples where families are gathering. So I mean, you think of big settings like both times where Jesus feeds 5,000 yeah. and the 4,000. Maybe people are focusing on the number there, but it's of men and then beyond that, the children and and the women. And so these people are trekking across the land with their kids, their families, going together to hear the words of life that our that our Lord is is bestowing. But then you think of smaller settings. You know, the disciples decide to rebuke people bringing their children. Jesus doesn't do that. He has them come. Or you can think of a couple of the different epistles. I mean, both Ephesians and I believe Colossians reference. Um, actually directly address kids. And these these letters would be written to the church so the church would read them in public. And so the implication there is that the children are there hearing the words writ- written in that letter by the Apostle Paul because they're gathered together for worship. Uh, you could think of Cornelius too, his whole household's gathered together. I mean, there's just countless examples where we see the church gathered. And the church is not just men and women, but families, young and old, Well, one of the observations that we can make then out of a swift summary of Scripture like that is that littlest children are not the future of the church. They are the church. I'm eager for families as a family to encounter the glory of God in His Word. I can remember times seeing my dad weep under the preaching of the Word. I can remember those times powerfully. I can remember a few of those times... um, at a place called First Baptist Church of Fallen, Wisconsin, where my dad was the preaching pastor, but there were other deacons, they called them at the time, who preached, or guest preachers that would come, and he would sit with us, and I always thought that was great. We were sitting as a family, and I can remember my dad being struck to tears with the preaching of the Word, and I think that stuck with me. I think that's hung on and informed and shaped who I am. Susan, when you think about anything else in Scripture, is there something that comes to mind we haven't already mentioned that kind of motivates and excites you when you think about children in worship? Well, one um, lesson that we teach in Little Landing and that we have alluded to is just when Jesus says, let the children come unto me. Obviously, he was teaching at that time, and there were children around with their parents, and he welcomed them into his teaching. And I think that's a good example for us as well. Let's ask the practical questions. There are going to be some moms and dads who are going to go, oh my goodness, this is going to be challenging. I've got one or two or three or four little ones. How do I prepare them? How do I think about the challenges of helping them not only not only come on a Sunday and sit through Sunday school, 9 to 10, 9 to 9.45, but then how do I help them sit through a singing time and a sermon? So let's give them some practical encouragement. First thing we could say is, we understand your pain. <laughs> we understand the burden that we've you bear. Been there. Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, the second thing we want to say is, we're there with you as a whole church. The whole church loves this. 
The whole church is moving in this direction. The whole church is for you. So mom or dad, if you're feeling like your kid is drawing attention to you in a way you are not relishing, please remember that there are dozens of people around you praying for you at that time. And maybe more than just praying for you, we're ready to serve and help and encourage. It's not a distraction. It's not a problem. It's not something that we're going to look down upon. We're going to admire, encourage, pray for, and support you as a dad or mom who's taking the Bible vision seriously, joining with us in trying to bring your children into that glorious moment of sitting under the whole worship service, including the Word. Well, and that's one thing that I had thought of is that as a church, if we're going to embrace children in the worship service, we as a church need to embrace some distractions, some noise, some parents getting up and walking out and um, coming alongside of those parents and helping them when they're having a difficult time. And if you hear a disruption, praying for them, as you mentioned, because we've all been there. That's right. Yeah. Happy to hear the sound of crying babies. Absolutely. Well, this podcast isn't just for the adults with young children. This is a podcast for the church. And so, like Susan's alluding to, when you see those people that are struggling, pray for them. When you're dedicating people, Brent, dedicating those little ones, we're making a commitment before the Lord to raise these ones up. That could be serving in the landing like you're doing, Susan. It could mean praying. It could mean somebody coming alongside when dad's sick and the mom's there struggling with three little ones. Um, I, I look around, I see a lot of little ones on shoulders, and it just it brings such joy for me to think, these are ones we're praying for. These are the ones that, that are the church, that we are, they're looking around in wonder and seeing worship happening. There. That's right. And we want to remember as parents, we're doing this before God, not before other people. Yeah. So we're worried about what they're thinking about us and our parenting or our children at the time. Really, it's before God, and He's pleased that you're making an effort to have your child in the worship service with that's you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Some of the things we used to do practically is we used to talk with our children ahead of time before the service in the morning and then Saturday nights and sometimes even during the week we'd mention it. What are some other practical things that you guys have done or that you can think of suggesting to families who are looking for practical help? Well, I was thinking about attendance and um, with anything these children are learning and so one way we learn things is by practicing. And so the more we practice, the better we get. And I think one thing that really helped our family is we were very consistent in attendance and coming week in and week out, the kids learned that this was Sunday morning. This is what we do. Um, it was just a highlight of the week that we would come. And, and I think making that a high priority to be there whenever you can uh, really helps and goes a long ways with kids who are learning. Consistency fits fits the biblical model and in, invitate inviting believers to gather together on the Lord's Day. Yeah, that's great, Susan. Sometimes it can be a struggle for little ones to learn how what is their role in participating. It's it's fun for them to watch around and see the awe in people's eyes. They worship God. But one thing I found helpful was in as much as our pre-readers could be familiar with songs that are coming up. And Conrad does a nice job of letting, letting us know what those songs are in advance. That's not true of every church. So if your church doesn't do that and you're listening, you're not part of the landing, ask the worship leader. If he can give you a list of the songs ahead of time, practice those with your kids, worship uh, at home, and learn those songs. Because those songs, you can whisper ahead of time, but it gets very distracting. It's not very worshipful when I'm whispering, holy, holy is Lord. And then they would yeah. have to echo that. You know, yeah. it, It's not yeah. real practical, but they can just start singing those directly absolutely. if they practice those at home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
one thing that comes to my mind, I guess probably the biggest thing that was helpful to our family was where we sat. And so I would encourage um, families with young children not to sit in the fellowship center, but to sit in the service where they can actually look around them and see the rest of the congregation singing, praying, listening, taking notes. And I would also encourage to sit near the front. And that is one thing that uh, we did as a family. And it was very helpful because, first of all, when you're sitting towards the back and the child looks up, all they can see is the back of somebody's head. They can't see what's going on up in the front. And so as you move closer, they can actually see the singers or the drummer or the pastor or the person praying. And I think it's just more interesting to them to be able to look up and see what's going on. In addition, the kids knew that the pastor was standing right there, 10 (laughs) feet away from them, and that he would see whatever they were doing if they were misbehaving. And so I think that was just a help as well. So It's funny you mentioned that, Susan. I, I didn't feel that need until I had a son. My daughters, I had no issues. They would just sit compliantly next door and they'd like to stand up and sit there and look in awe and, and be excited about service. Then I had a son and it was completely different. So you started with boys, so I can understand that. But we found the opposite to be true as far as the location. We went in the back because every head that was behind us was a head for him to look at. So if at least he could be looking forward was important to me. <laughs> Anybody that could distract him behind us was a problem. So Seat choice, yeah, yeah I, I can understand where you're coming from. Know your kids, yeah. be thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Right, be mindful of your so kids. So do what works for you. Right. Yeah. Well, this is great. It's fun to talk about these things. It's fun to envision, isn't it? The little ones that we've been given the privilege of caring for as parents and on a wider level, caring for as a faith family. Uh, like you mentioned, Kevin, modeling faith for as we dedicate them to the Lord. As soon as they're able to understand, I want my kids to sit with me and sit near me and feel the experience of awe. And I use that word because Acts 2.43 uses that word. The early churches gathered together in Acts 2. They had just had the Holy Spirit descend upon them with tongues of fire. They had gathered together in fellowship in homes. They were sharing the breaking of bread, the teaching of the apostles' prayers. And it says, And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Every soul means everybody present, all the children, all the slaves, all the ethnicities and nationalities, all the men and women, all the old and young, all the rich and poor. Awe came upon every soul. I don't want my precious children to miss out on that. I have experienced the awe of God under the preaching of the word countless times, and I know to whom much is given, much is required. And it's my earnest prayer and hope that against my own human skill and effort and virtue, God might visit us that way. Lord's Day after Lord's Day here at the Landing. I think our Sunday morning worship is the highest gathering of our week. And as we experience that and seek to glorify Him with all our might on that one hour uh, and a half time or so, that we would say the whole church should be here and not exclude children because they might not understand it all. Surely they might not understand it all, but goodness, I don't understand it all. I can't imagine ever fully understanding it all until until glory. But I know that my life and my faith is awakened by the Word just as it promises, and that can happen in kids too. Any other thoughts that come to your mind that either of you want to share that, that bless you when you think about children in worship here at The Landing? 
I was thinking of uh, at the landing when kids are in kindergarten, that's their last year in Little Landing, mm-hmm. and then they're getting ready to move into the service in first grade. And we do have a special celebration to mark that. But you as a parent could use that kindergarten year as kind of a transitional time for them mm-hmm. and make it a milestone and a, a privilege that pretty soon you're going to get to sit in the service with mom and dad and hear Pastor Brent talk about the Bible. And I think that giving it a little bit of a positive, um, exciting time for them that that you're not dreading it um, goes a long ways expecting expecting the best, expecting that they are fully able and will yeah. uh, do this and, and like it. So, Well, by way of resources, um, l- let's see if we can catalog a few real quickly. Um, at the time of this recording, in just a little over a week's time, we're going to put together a seminar as, a, as some church leaders, Pastor Andrew Ross and Susan will be there and I'll be there and others will be there. And we'll share during that time uh, more on the details, more on the practical side, more on the background of why we do this, and just help provide all the vision and practical help we can to anybody who feels like this is a new idea or they want to grow in it. Uh, we, we've also gained a lot of benefit from using uh, children's Sunday school curriculum written by David and Sally Michael in a ministry called Truth 78. Uh, David and Sally are good friends of mine. I've been privileged to know them for many years since Bethlehem Baptist Church days. Uh, David has also written a great little booklet that we're going to hand out children in the worship service. It's a bright orange booklet that captures uh, lots of this information in a comprehensive way. Pastor Andrew's written an excellent paper. Susan, you've written some materials. Uh, What other materials should we mention and sort of suggest to people to get their hands on? I think there's a little something for everyone. We have the longer in-depth booklets, and we have quick quick little flyers that you can take that will be available. Exciting to me is that we have some sermon notebooks for the kids, yes. and those are at ele- written for elementary age, yeah. and they can take notes, write big words or questions they have, and something that you can um, talk with them about later. And I think if uh, that's a resource that's going to be made available and should be very helpful as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Thanks to both of you for being in on this conversation. This is fun. Really exciting and and, uh, inspiring to think about. Kevin, maybe you would pray for us as we close our time. Lord, you give us children. You knit them together. You make them fearfully and wonderfully as you made us. You made them and have called each one to be just as they are. And you've called these parents that are listening and grandparents that are listening and all these other members or uh, people that are trust in and love you to listen. And so we pray that in as much as is in accordance with your word, that you would strengthen and equip these moms, dads, grandparents, fellow believers to cherish, to love on, to teach, to admonish, to equip, to protect these little ones. Um, Lord, I pray that little ones that we may never know would come to know you savingly, to become worshipers, because that's our aim, that's our desire, is not to make perfect little uh, robots, not to make people that are just quiet and obedient and subservient, but we want to see people worshiping you so that your name would be high and lifted up. Magnify your name, Lord. It is worth everything and more. So, uh, Lord, use this time, use those other resources we've mentioned, use that that Saturday time of gathering, use 
fallen and frail people like me and Susan, Brent, Andrew, and the parents here to make worshipers from these little image bearers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Well, thanks for listening. If you don't know what it's like to walk saved in a personal relationship with Christ, cry out to Him, turn from sin, call out to Him for the salvation that He alone supplies, the precious name of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, get involved with your church. Dive in. Tell your pastor you'd like to serve or, or one of your leaders you'd like to be more involved and you're praying about ways to get more involved. Dive into your local church. If you don't have a local church home and you happen to live in the Duluth area, you're welcome and encouraged to visit here at The Landing. Thanks for listening to Life in Christ. Kevin and Susan, thanks so much for being a part of this conversation. And we thank the Lord for all his great kindness to have saved and loved us with his word and by the blood and death of his son who's risen from the dead and reigning over us. God bless you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Life in Christ. This podcast is a ministry of The Landing Church in Duluth, Minnesota. For more resources or information about The Landing, visit www.thelanding.church.